Hey y'all, it's nice to have you back at Too True to Lie. This is Harry Day. I thought I'd take today's episode, and actually it's tonight's episode. It's about midnight, headed into the weekend. It is Friday the 13th, and um, I thought I would talk about my grandfather. I was born in 1969, and my grandfather was born in 1898 so I did not get to meet my grandfather he died in 1938 he was 40 years old and uh, he was he must have been a great man because he uh, went to fight in World War one and that's where he was wounded um, I'm told he wasn't on the front lines. He was uh, in, in the rear with the gear, as they say. And he uh, was was involved in shelling where an explosion from artillery from the Germans sent shrapnel into his chest. And that put him out of the fight and sent him back to England. And... Uh, he survived because this is 1918 he's 20 years old now a little backstory on him his name was Harold Ralph Day my father's name is Ralph Davis Day he was obviously named after his dad um, my father always told me I was not named after his dad Harold Ralph Day and I just I find that hard to believe, seeing that Harry is a derivative of Harold. So I had to have been named after Harold. I've seen pictures of him. He looks just like my dad. I really don't look a lot like my dad. I get my looks from my mother's side, the red hair. Um, not the height. The height came from my dad's side of the family. But my father's father was from Massachusetts. And his family lineage came to Massachusetts around 1640. They were, um, uh, were they Puritans? They were fleeing, originally they fled England in the early 1600s. Uh, they, were, they were fleeing religious uh, issues and they, they went to... Uh, Holland, the Holland area, Dutch, Holland, Denmark, whatever they called it, and they were there for a little while, and uh, news got around that the Mayflower had gone over, and some other trips had gone over to the New World, as it was called, and uh, that they wanted more people to come over, and I imagine they wanted more people to come over to build up the population, because of the native issues there are friendly natives there were non-friendly natives and um, so the day family went over in around 1640 and they came into Plymouth Massachusetts and then uh, eventually moved inland to some somewhere in the center of the state of Massachusetts around Worcester um, Raleigh 
uh, something falls Royalston a lot of them were in Royalston Massachusetts so my dad's dad in my direct family bloodline was the last day to be in Massachusetts my father was born in Texarkana Arkansas where his mother was from she was from the Texas side of Texarkana Arkansas and she was a she grew up and became a stage and radio actress in the 20s in the 1920s and uh, Harold Ralph had grown up and uh, at 20 went off to war was wounded came eventually came back to Massachusetts but he had gotten a job with a shipping line between New York and London and was working his way up through that company climbing the ladder and on vacation in the around 1929 1930 area he I believe he had married and then divorced and he had uh, he went on a uh, cross-country train trip from the East Coast to the West Coast and back and somewhere along the way in the Midwest you know so he met my grandmother Norma Davis from uh, East Texas she might have been she was probably traveling on the road doing the Midwest uh, tour radio and stage she might have been in Kansas City or Oklahoma City who knows where they met I don't know but they met and fell in love it was just like that and they moved back to London where he was living with his job and so this would be in the around 1930 and in 1932 no it would be 1931 they got pregnant early 1931 and when it was time to have the baby they moved they came to America so their their baby would be born American citizen because they were both American citizens and they went back to Texarkana where Norma's family was and my dad was born New Year's Day about 1 a.m. January 1st 1932 and then they went back to England they were lived in South London and they were in South London 1932 until 1938 when Harold Ralph had a complication a heart complication from his wound and he died he had like I, I want to say I was told it was a uh, a heart disease or an infection but it was 20 years later from when he was wounded in France from an artillery shell until he had this rare heart disorder or some kind of heart issue that took his life in 1938 my dad was six years old he has very little memories of his father my father's still alive now he's 87 and he used to say that his dad would take a rolled up newspaper and and stick it down into the waistband of his pants you know they wore those little knicker shorts or short pants and things like that back then and that's really the only memory he has of his father besides a few pictures of him 
and he was tall and thin and uh they you know combed his hair slicked back dark headed um sharp features but obviously i never met him he died in 1938 so they come back to massachusetts and bury him my uh grandmother and my father who's six years old and then moved to texarkana arkansas where my father goes to a new school and makes new friends and uh let's see he stayed in texarkana he and uh his mom lived in a house on hickory street on the arkansas side of texarkana not far from downtown um i believe it was his mo his grandmother's house and they lived there together, just the two of them, because Grandma never remarried. And she lived into the 90s. Um, they lived there until he graduated high school. And then he moved to New Orleans and went to trade school, and I believe took international business or trade or something business-natured. But while he was there, he worked for uh, the Pendleton Company, which was a security company, as in uh, armed guards. And uh, I guess it was all armed guards and guards of whatever uh, value a guard would, would, would be, whether they were armed or not. And uh, this would be in the, let's see, in 38 he was 6. So in 48 he was 16, 17, 18. This would have started around 1950 I'm estimating I'm not gonna do the math we're sitting here looking at how many minutes already already 10 minutes and uh, he was in New Orleans for um, the entire 50s and around 1960 he had built his way up through the Pendleton business and they sent him to Jackson Mississippi to start a new branch of the Pendleton company and so he went to Jackson and he did it. He started a new branch. And then as it was taking off, uh, one of the senior Pendleton family members sent up their son, so-and-so Pendleton, to be figurehead president of the company that my father started and was running. And my dad didn't like that. He thought it was kind of, he didn't know that was going to happen. And so with his business savvy, he was going to start his own business. And so through the uh, generosity of uh, ex-governor Bill Waller from the, uh, he was a moderate Democrat from the early 70s, was governor of Mississippi. He was a lawyer, I, I imagine, before that in the early 60s. He loaned my father a couple of thousand dollars and my dad started a business and he called it Day Detectives Incorporated, 1962. And uh, it was security guards, armed guards, guard dogs. He had a few uh, private investigators. And he ran that business for 40 years. And uh, wanted me to take, take over when I was out of college. I was still pretty young. And I was still, you know, sowing oats and had itchy feet and was traveling around the country. And it was just, I knew I would drive that business into the ground and I, I, I was the last that was the last thing that business needed was me to try to take it over 
and so I didn't. And it's probably a good thing because uh, he sold it in 98. He sold the alarm division. In 2002, he sold the rest of the business, the armed guard and patrol car business. And he sold it to Securitas. He sold the alarm business to in the alarm business to Entergy, and then the main business to Securitas, which is a regional, national, nationwide, actually, uh, security company. And uh, he made a lot of money. He did really well, and he invested it and uh, put it in safe investments and and set up. Uh, set up education funds for my kids my two kids so they're set for wherever they want to go to school hopefully it'll be in state uh if i want to narrow that scope hopefully it'll be mississippi state um i think i have them both sold on it but they're young it could change but let's get back to harold ralph day because this is where the story always kind of gave me chills goosebumps you know when you when when something is is eerie in a good way and it just gives you tingles my father was six years old living with his mother and father in south london in 1938 when when harold ralph died two years later the germans were bombing england and london namely london and the surrounding areas but because Harold Ralph died in 38, my grandmother and, and her son, which is my dad, moved back to the United States. And World War II was already cranking up in 1939 on mainland Europe. And uh, my grandmother got in touch with some friends. I don't know if it was during the war in the 40s or after. But she asked about, you know, certain neighbors and the neighborhood they were in and the block and all that stuff. And she learned that their block was flattened by German bombs. It was just utterly destroyed. I don't believe she lost many friends, if any. I don't know the news of that. I don't know the information on, on, uh, on the survival rate of their block. But I know that had my father not been wounded by Germans in 1918 in World War I and then succumbed to the heart ailment he had in 1938 and died, thus catalyzing the move of my grandmother and her son, my father, back to America. Who knows what would have happened had they still been living in London when the Germans started bombing England and London. Who knows? But because of fate and uh, the twists of it and, and you know, God's grace and, and, and the mystery of, of why things happen, uh, they moved back before the war started. They may have moved back if he didn't die. They may have moved back because of the war and the bombing just to keep little Ralph safe, my dad. But, uh, Either way, you, my grandfather died, my father lived, and uh, when he moved to Jackson and ended up starting his business at a little party, when Jackson wasn't that huge of a place, uh, he met my mother, who was from, who is from North Mississippi, 
in Vardaman, the sweet potato capital, as they say. And uh, she had gone to Mississippi State in the 50s, the late 50s, and gotten a banking and finance degree. Excuse me. And went to Jackson because that was the big city and got a job at a bank. And at a party with a girlfriend, she met my father. And this was probably 65 or 66. And they uh, got married in 67, built a house in Madison. We weren't in the city limits at the time, just outside of it, in 68. And I was born in 69, November 69. And, uh, you know, the, the interesting points of this of this episode is that my grandfather went through the life that he went through his short 40-year life and my father has doubled that time in his life and I have uh, eclipsed it by 10 years almost and I'm happy that I have with my ups and downs and bumps and bruises um it's just amazing you know life is life life is beautiful it's crazy it's uh it's devastating but yet things can spring from that like god closes the door but opens the window or god seals off the house and then pulls off the roof you know there's you never know what's going to happen but knowing that your time can be so short so fast there's no better reason than to be kind I'm hitting that theme, y'all, to be kind to each other and to strangers. And it and and this this recurs in my podcasts because I am a true Mississippian. I'm not a Massachusetts Massachusettsian. I don't know what they call themselves. But uh my family lineage was there from 1640 to 19 Who gosh, 1920. And there's still some days up there, a lot of days. They're all around up there. And uh, I, we, I, I, I write to one on occasion. One of uh, my father's cousins, I believe. And uh, she, she has a lot of the history also, and she sends me stuff. Family, but family is a beautiful thing. That's, that, that, that's something I always try to end these podcasts on is, is positive notes. You know, you need optimism. You need positivism. You need to uh, be kind to strangers. And you need to love your family. And, and you know, you're going to have little spats and petty fights. But in the end, they're your family. And, and treat your friends the same way. Because, again, you never know when... You have that rare heart issue, and poof, you're gone. And uh, you've left a family that you may not have told everything you wanted to tell. Maybe that's why I'm doing these podcasts, is for my kids to dig up in 20 years. Who knows? I'm, I'm pretty open with them. They know, they know what I'm about. And uh, I try to teach them right from wrong and how to be good people but I really thought the the Harold Ralph Day story was a good story to uh, relate because my father didn't have a father once he was seven years old and he 
has been a fantastic father to me. He has never given me everything I wanted, but he's made sure I had the basic requirements to live and work for what you need or want. And uh, he's always been a good motivator and he would always tell me whether he liked what I'd been doing or not especially when it came to my um, my creativity you know I've, I've written a lot of books that I can't seem to find a publisher or an agent for still but that'll come and if it doesn't come then maybe my kids can figure that out and he always liked my painting and uh, I think the best thing was when my father read my second book that I printed out and told me that he really liked it and thought that it could be in a bookstore with any other book out there that when I impressed my father I felt like I'd done something because I never really felt like I impressed him very much and uh, who knows if he ever even had those thoughts because his father was gone when he was six I feel like I'm repeating myself a lot these last five minutes but I guess I'm just trying to impress into you know, listeners, all all four of you, that, uh, you know, make the most of the time you have, okay? Peace, love, unity, and uh, shake the hand of someone you see and say hi. Hold a door open for somebody. Donate to charity, please. Donate to the Bahamas right now. I, I sent a mere $25, but if 100 people sent $25, that's $125 that went down there. So again, peace, love, and unity, and thank you for uh, tuning in to Too True to Lie. Until next time, bong, bong, bong.